Welcome to True Paranormal, the podcast with your host, Leo Rizzuti. Every week we will explore such topics as ghosts, demons, poltergeists, haunted history, time shifts, cryptozoology, and other aspects of the paranormal through listener-submitted accounts, documentary studies, and interviews with the investigators that dedicate their lives to searching for proof of the unknown. So get a fresh cup of coffee, dim the lights, relax, and get ready for a short visit to the realm of the true paranormal. Hi guys, Leo Rizzuti here. Welcome to another episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. Uh, Hopefully you guys have noticed a difference in the audio quality of this episode already compared to the last couple of episodes. I need to apologize for the audio on the last couple of episodes was really kind of, um, well, messed up is probably the best way to put it. And uh, that was from a new set of microphones that I was trying out and they sounded fine on our computer whenever we were doing the editing, but once we had it published, it kind of went to pot. So um, my wife said she liked the sound of it, but I think my wife has a fixation on uh, Jack Palance and likes the gravelly voice or something like that. Uh, but at any rate, I wasn't really happy with it, but it's, it is what it is. And we have hopefully got the situation corrected. This is Memorial Day weekend, and I would be remiss if I did not mention that. And this is not a happy kind of holiday. It is a time for us to remember the people who have given their lives in the service of our country. So if you guys have a chance on this weekend, please get out and visit uh, maybe some veterans, cemeteries, things like Arlington, if you're in that area. Or if you happen to know any Gold Star families, now would be a good time for you to maybe go visit them and say hi and maybe bring them a basket of cookies or some dinner or just chat with them for a minute and find out what they know about the folks that gave their lives in service to the country. It is an absolutely fascinating thing to do and it's a great way to show respect for the people who gave everything in defense of our freedoms here in America. With that somber note, um, I am very happy to say that we have some more listener stories for you guys this week, and we're going to jump right into that. Our first story of the evening comes to us from Joshua, and he has titled it, People Among Us. Okay, Joshua, let's see what you sent to us. Living in a house where there are a lot of unimaginable supernatural activities going on is quite alarming to those people who are weak of heart. For me, I'm a skeptical kind of person. I always associate those things to scientific or natural phenomenon, but sometimes I just can't explain it. My first time moving into our house was very interesting. I was still in elementary school back then and there were a lot of things that I can't explain. Like the time when my family was in the living room with guests. It was October, and we were conducting the rosary. The door of my room was closed. However, after a couple of minutes of doing the rosary, the door to my room clicked and opened itself slowly. 
we were all surprised and we all had this kind of look on our faces like, what just happened? After that, everybody continued along with the rosary, except for me, who was just sitting in the corner, paying very close attention to my room. Suddenly, I saw a glimpse of a girl running past the inside of my room. She was very white and kind of vivid. I was kind of shocked, but I didn't really mind it because I was still a kid. At the time, I didn't really know what that was. Sometimes I would wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. These days when this happens, I'll get my blanket and simply cover myself and close my eyes until I get sleepy. The first time this happened was when I was still in grade 6. I woke up at 3 in the morning. The house was very dark and no one else was up. I got out of the bed and decided that I was going to take advantage of the situation and play around on my brother's computer. I turned on the PC and sat down in a chair facing the monitor. The computer hadn't quite started up when I had one of the most frightening and all of the unexplained activities going on in our house. I saw a woman in the reflection from my brother's monitor, dressed in white with long hair, facing backwards just a couple of inches from my back. I rubbed my eyes thinking to myself, am I seeing things? I cleared my eyes and focused on the reflection. Suddenly the woman turned around. I jumped out of my chair, hyperventilating, not letting myself see her face. My heart was beating fast and I was shaking. I called out to my mom, waking her up and told her that I saw a woman on my brother's monitor. She knew that there is something going on in our house, but she wanted us not to worry, saying that they won't hurt us. She believed what I told her, mainly because I wasn't supposed to be on my brother's computer and I certainly wasn't supposed to be wandering through the house so early in the morning. Another instance was when I was in high school. My cousin was living in our place at the time. One evening when my cousin was in her room, which is just beside my room, we heard her shouting and crying. She told us that she saw a white man figure on the window of her room. I was skeptical, but at the same time starting to believe because I had experienced a lot of things in our house. Over the next few years, the white man figure not only showed up to her, but it also showed up to me a couple of times. The first time he appeared was when I was in my room playing with my laptop. My family was in the living room at the time. When I turned my head facing the window, I saw a white figure in the yard. The figure suddenly started coming towards my window and I jumped out of my bed and ran out of my room and into the living room. The second time was when I was in college. I had just gotten back from school for the weekend. I opened the entrance door of our house and turned the lights on because it was just starting to get dim. As soon as I turned on the light of our living room, the door to the room beside my room creaked open. Out of curiosity, I went to check it out. Shockingly, I saw the same figure in the window. He got bigger and he was moving. I was scared but kind of excited at the same time and I was frozen to the spot just staring at him. A lot of things were going through my head like I want to see this through and 
What kind of thing is this? I thought that maybe it was a trick of the light coming from my neighbor's house, but I looked at their house and it was completely dark. And besides, there was a tall fence between the two houses. When I looked back to the white figure, he was gone. People living in our home always have unexplainable experiences and stories. Even the housekeepers that are there for only a few hours at a time have experienced things. Neighbors have told us that soldiers and other people were buried just beneath our house from the time of the Japanese occupation. We were planning to move out in the future, but not because of the fact that our place is haunted. I like it here. It feels cozy. Or maybe I'm just accustomed to these things and I don't really mind it at all. But all in all, I still consider myself a skeptic. Wow, Joshua, that is an amazing story. And I assume from your story that this happened somewhere probably in Southeast Asia. Uh, it's the only place I can think of that would have Japanese occupation would be China or Southeast Asia. Not sure. Joshua didn't give us a location for where he grew up, but that is a really, really cool story. And it's amazing to think that after everything that happened to you, you would still be skeptical. But, you know, I think that's a healthy way to view things unless something presents itself as completely unexplainable and completely outside of the norm where you cannot figure out any explanation other than paranormal. It's good to have a skeptical eye and just assume that things are natural phenomenon. 99% of the time, that's exactly what it is. It's that 1% of the time that keeps us all kind of perplexed and looking for answers. All in all, though, Joshua, I do appreciate you sending your story. That was awesome. Our next story comes to us from Kim, and she has titled it Whispers in the Dark. Okay, Kim, that sounds kind of ominous. Let's see what you sent to us. When I was younger, my sister and I shared a room. We had bunk beds, and at night, when we were supposed to be sleeping, she would look over the edge of the bed at me and we'd talk. One night, I actually fell asleep before she did. I used to have a really hard time sleeping some nights, but not this night. I remember the next morning very well. I had been awake since about 5 in the morning, and Billy finally came out of our room at about 9. She seemed a little scared. Being the curious little sister that I am, I asked her what was wrong. I was 9 and she was 13, so it worried me to see her acting this way. She told me that she heard me say something, so she looked down to ask what I had said. She said that when she glanced down, I was fast asleep and there was someone crouched next to me. I was shocked. She was claiming that I was talking to what could only be a spirit in my sleep. I had never heard of anyone doing something like that, and I had no memory of it. But I fully believed my sister, especially with how scared and upset she was. My siblings and I were never really truly children, I don't think. We were very mature for our age, and we were practically grown-ups from the moment we turned five. So when I saw how badly it scared my sister, I tried to suppress this supposed ability that I had just found out about. 
Some mornings she woke up frightened, but most mornings it was like everything went back to normal. Soon, there were no more incidents at all. After about a year, we completely forgot that it had ever happened, and then we went on vacation. I don't remember where we were going or where we were, but I remember staying in a cheap hotel. All of us crammed into a two-bed suite. Regardless, we were having a great time. Dad had gone across the road and gotten us some ice cream, and while we laughed, talked, and watched a movie on the cheap old-fashioned TV in the room. Before we knew it, it was bedtime. Mom and Dad took one bed, and Billy and I took the other, and my poor little brother had to sleep on one of those small roll-out cart beds. Everyone was fast asleep before I finally dozed off. A couple of hours later, my sister woke me up, yet again with a bewildered look in her eyes. She whispered my way, trying to not wake up the rest of the family. Apparently, I had been mumbling in my sleep, so it woke her up. When she opened her eyes, there was someone standing at the foot of the bed. I don't remember if it was a woman or a man, but she said as soon as she woke me up, they were gone. My sister still randomly brings that story up, and still to this day, I can tell she's frightened by it. That's why I haven't been able to tell her that it sometimes still happens. I've only caught myself actually doing it once, but it was enough proof for me to realize that my sister wasn't making anything up. I'm now 23 years old, and I'm living in the house that I grew up in. I live alone with my cat, who sometimes shares my experiences with me. On a night not too terribly long ago, I was laying in my room, which is my parents' old bedroom. Jojo, my cat, was curled up across my legs like she always is, and I was quickly slipping into dreamland. For some reason that night, I woke up. As soon as my mind barely drifted back into consciousness, I heard the word, hello, escape my lips. Across the room, I heard a response. A young man's voice, and he sounded excited, like someone who had been trying for countless days to communicate with me and received nothing in return. I felt Jojo jump up and saw her look in the same direction that I had heard the voice. I was so tired I simply turned over, barely noticing how my cat stood her ground before falling back to sleep. I've always wondered if I should record myself while I sleep to see if maybe I could catch anything, but I'm also worried about what I might find. Wow, Kim, that is a really cool story. And I've heard of a couple of instances where folks could communicate with spirits or either make predictions, things like that, in their sleep or when they're in trances. The most famous of which, of course, is probably Edgar Casey, who would go into trances and either make predictions for the future or in some instances he could medically diagnose people from a distance away while in a sleep-like trance. So not sure if you have anything like that going on, but it makes sense that you would be able to communicate with spirits when you're either asleep or almost asleep. Because my opinion is, is that when you're in that kind of nether region, as far as your consciousness, 
that your subconscious is as open as it possibly can while you're still conscious. And it, you kind of create almost like a link or a bridge in what is normally a barrier between our world and the other world, the world on the other side of the glass, so to speak. And it definitely sounds like you are having some experiences with that. It's neat that your uh, sister, as much as it scared her, it's neat that your sister would witness this and then you actually had confirmation on it years later. I would definitely recommend if you get a chance, uh, record yourself at night. You can actually get apps for your cell phone these days and just set your phone beside it and it will start recording whenever there's noise uh, going on and a lot of people use that actually to monitor their sleep to see if they're talking in their sleep to see if they've got snoring patterns things like that or to see if there's other noises in their room that might be waking them up because they have issues with sleeping you're going to be using it for a completely different purpose but i don't think that you're going to capture anything that should necessarily terrify you you already know what's going on and you already understand the phenomenon that's happening to you so it's not going to be anything surprising it would just be kind of a revelation to see how often it actually happens if you do catch something we'd love to hear about it though and once again thank you for sending your story in we really appreciate that okay our last story of the evening comes to us from jamie and she has titled it the chair and other things moved okay jamie Let's hear about these moving objects. I have several experiences to tell about. It was a winter afternoon here and it was snowing. My husband and I were sitting watching TV and the doorbell rang. I got up to answer and nobody was there. We just sat back down and started watching the TV again and we heard some children playing outside. Then the doorbell rang again so we thought that maybe they were just playing with us, so I got up to put a stop to it. But when I got to the door, there was no one there again. I looked down and there were no footprints leading to the door or anywhere in our driveway. My husband got up to look outside and there were no traces of kids even playing out front where we had clearly heard them. The next instance was about six months later I was sitting on the couch watching TV and my husband was lying in bed reading. My cats were both asleep, one beside me and the other in a chair across the room. I was just sitting there and the chair at the dining room table moved out by about a foot from the table all by itself. I let out a soft scream because it startled me and my husband asked me what I was doing and I proceeded to tell him about the chair. He asked me where the cats were and I told him and so he got up to inspect the chair. Obviously he found nothing but these type of incidents tend to keep us on our toes. In the winter of 2010 my husband and I were renovating our spare room. We emptied the room out, everything but the futon because it wouldn't fit out the door without taking it apart. We had just finished taking out the old drywall off the walls and loaded the room with the new sheets. We set them against the wall opposite the door so we could get in and out of the room without walking around them or maybe bumping them, with the futon placed in the center of the room. We were done for the day, it was around 9.30 p.m., so we left everything where it was and closed the door to keep the cats out. 
The next day, we got up to start our day of more renovations, but found that we couldn't get into the room because the drywall was now along the wall, leaning up against the door from the inside, preventing us from getting in. I have never had anyone be able to sufficiently explain how anything like that could possibly happen. That following summer, I was home alone for the night watching TV once again. The power went out for about 10 minutes. When the power came back on, I heard my phone and answering machine beep to show that they all have power. So I thought that I should reset my greeting on the machine before I forgot about it. I got up and recorded my greeting. You know, the usual garb of, we're not here, please leave a message, yada, yada, yada. Well, about a week later, my husband and I came home and there was a message on my machine from my mom asking me to call her back. But she also commented that there was something wrong with my greeting. So my husband and I played our greeting back and sure enough, something was speaking over me at the same time that I was. It said, what's this? in a deep, husky male voice, yet very clear. Of all the things that have happened in our house, those last two are our most unsettling ones. Whoa, Jamie, that is some very cool experiences that you've had there. Although I can't imagine that they were necessarily cool to you. Uh, I have never seen or experienced things as heavy as drywall being moved around personally. Now, I've obviously heard of stories like that, and it would be amazing to witness that, but I, like everybody else, I don't have any explanation for it. How could drywall inside of a room, and I'm assuming that that room, you made sure that like windows were shut, things like that, nobody could get in and out, that how could that drywall move from one wall all the way across the room up against the door preventing you from getting in without anybody else being in there that kind of is perplexing to me it's uh kind of neat also that you maybe inadvertently caught an evp it's exactly what it sounds like on your answering machine that maybe you caught the voice of a spirit wondering what in the heck you're doing talking into a silly little box. <laughs> I know that we have had some experiences where spirits have had their voices recorded where they're wondering what equipment was, what cameras were, what computers were, things like that. Because you have to understand that if someone passes away in, say, the 1930s, they wouldn't necessarily know what a cell phone was or what an answering machine was. So they certainly would be wondering, what's that that you're talking into? Uh, kind of a neat experience there. If you have any other experiences, please feel free to share those with us. We'd love to hear about any other things that you have happening there. Very cool story. Thanks a lot for sharing, Jamie. Well, guys, that is going to do it for this week's episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. I would like to thank Jamie and Kim and Joshua for sending us your stories. You guys are absolute rock stars. And as always, if you would like to be a rock star and have your experiences shared on our broadcast, simply email them to us at trueparanormalpodcast at gmail.com. That's trueparanormalpodcast, one word, at gmail.com. Or check us out on Facebook at trueparanormal-thepodcast and hit that like button and 
you'll see an email us button or a message us button and hit either one of those and shoot us your story and we'd be glad to share them on one of our future shows. While you're there, check out any of our archived episodes or any of the other neat articles or little blurbs that we have going on there. We've got a lot of stuff on our Facebook page other than just the podcast. Be sure also to send us a comment or any kind of suggestions that you guys would have. We would love to hear from you folks. If you're listening to us on iTunes, be sure to give us a rating and a review and make sure to subscribe to us. That way we know that you folks are out there. In the meantime, I would like to thank you guys for listening this weekend, every weekend. Be sure to check us out next week for another episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. <laughs>